Amen. Uh, we look beautiful. We look, we look calm. We look quiet. We look very humble. We look like lambs when we are in church. What is doing that to you? Religion is doing that to you. But your conscience is still dead. You're still making shipwreck of your faith. Only one thing can have your conscience. And that is the blood of Jesus. Listen to me. Don't you ever neglect the effectual working of this blood. In every area of your life. Warfare in verse 17. The, the Greek word for warfare there is hastei with military service. That is figuratively apostolic career. As one of hardship and danger. Even to come to your presence To behold your glory Thank you for sharing your glory with us For now we are sons We are not men For the word tells us that many of believe You get power to become the sons of God Your glory you will share with no man But you will share with your sons Because we are in your image For Christ is the express image And the glory of God Even so we are Brethren together with Christ and joint heirs. So we know consciously that of the truth, we have your glory. And we didn't work for this. You just decided to let it be. We give you all the honor. And this glory, Lord, will take us to places we least expected. This glory, Lord, will bring us to the place God will never work and labor for. We ask, oh Father, that our mind and our conscience be totally cleansed by your power and your word to set us free to experience and to come into reality and possession of that which you have done. Let your cross speak for us. And may we hear when the cross is talking. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This morning I... I have a burden. I spoke on this some time past, but when we were in the meeting yesterday, yesterday we had a good meeting here. A tremendous prayer section. It was, it was good. And the Lord began to speak so many things to me. It's quite a long time I had this kind of prayer meeting. And it was quite reviving. And it was a new day for me. And the Lord began to speak some things to my heart. So many of them I can't share now. But I want to share an aspect, and this we call warfare with a good conscience. I did mention that some time ago. I taught you what is warfare, what we call spiritual warfare, and things like that. But I want you to see something this morning, because the truth is, if you don't understand with a good conscience what the Lord has done, you are likely not to benefit one bit from what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. The cross of Jesus finished everything for you. 
Is that alright? All you need to do is to believe. <laughs> the most difficult aspect of our walk with the Lord is the issue of believing. Is the issue of believing. Maybe we have to keep sounding this until it becomes something. You know, Jesus was speaking in the book of Luke and he spoke to the disciples. He said, let this sink into your ears. How? What does that mean? He's saying, don't take it lightly. Let it sink in and settle somewhere. Let it sink in. Hallelujah. I want you to know that through spiritual warfare, it's you standing on what you know the Lord has spoken to you. That is true spiritual warfare. Listen. The devil may be doing what he wants to do, but there is a place and there is a boundary God has said that he can cross. He's, he hasn't called you to be so mindful of the devil, but he has called you to be so, so mindful of what he says. Hallelujah. This was an incident and let me say it. I stumbled on a message talking about parental causes. And I sat down and I was thinking, because the guy mentioned something very deep. That connects to children, how that children from the womb can be caused and things like that. So I was meditating and the Lord just spoke to me. And he said, son, look at First Peter chapter 1, 18 to 19. And I went to about three or four Bibles. And the Bible was telling me, that you have not been redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Of the things that your fathers put you in. But by the precious blood of Jesus. I had freedom. That my grandfather sank me into something. But Christ redeemed me from everything they sank me into. And if I can't stand the word tells me. Then I'm not worrying a good warfare. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now let me begin to read something. Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. I'm reading from verse 14. This is the encounter of Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus and he was revealing it or speaking about it to Agrippa or whoever, Felix. And when we were falling to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the bricks. Now, have you ever wondered why Jesus would speak to him in Hebrew? When God wants to talk to you, He will talk to you at the level with which you can understand. He doesn't want to be confused and He doesn't want to confuse you. Hallelujah. And if you read this story closely, you find that the Bible says, Those other people had the sound, but they never knew. Said so they saw the light, but they never heard what Jesus said because the message was not meant for them. Are you there with me? We may all be here. God may be speaking. He couldn't be speaking to all of us at the same time. Because there may be someone 
that he wants to send a message and it will make him understand accurately what he has in mind for that individual. So don't get me wrong if I don't believe some of the things you believe. I'm sorry. Amen? Because what God did here to Apostle Paul, the rest of the people did not understand because the commission was not meant for them. So he narrowed it down to a language that Paul himself can do what? Understand. Don't miss God when he calls your name. He didn't say, hey, all of you, because Paul was not working alone. He said, Saul, Saul. Are you there with me? <laughs> La Maxwell will say, it's not issue of my people, my people. This is Saul, Saul. With a definite language that he cannot miss. When God talks to you, it is you. Is that okay? That's what brings the difference. And Jesus said, I came to set fire on the earth. He said, what will I if the fire is already kindled? And what's the fire? He said, a husband against a wife, a mother-in-law against a brother-in-law, a sister against a brother. What does that mean? Different orientation and mindset based on what they are going to be seeing in the word of God. So I came to deep division of the earth, but I thought he came to bring peace. But he said he came to bring division. Why? It simply means we are all not going to understand on the same platform. Until an appointed time, when no man shall teach his neighbor know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least to the greatest. But for the moment, we are on a different frequency. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 15 says, And I said, Who are thou, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecuted. <laughs> no matter how arrogant you are, recognize the Lordship of Jesus. <laughs> Paul was still a very humble man, you know. He knows what is authority. He believed in authority. Do you understand that? And he went further to say, but rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. You must find the purpose of which reason the Lord is appearing to you. And some of you are always thinking about appearing so that He can give you some good things. He does appear to you for commissioning. To make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of the things in the which I will appear unto thee. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Is that okay? Are you done with me? Okay, now I'm going to make reference to that but turn to First Timothy chapter 1 verse number 17 to 18. First Timothy 1 18. Hallelujah. He said, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before thee, that thou may while the war a good warfare. Hallelujah. Holy faith and a good conscience, which some having put away 
Concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Now, I want you to take note of the word a good conscience, because that's what I said. Worrying with what a good conscience. That's the key thing I want you to note. Hallelujah. Now, if you look at verse 17, there, there is something there. When you use the word warfare, verse 17, I'm particularly interested in that word warfare in verse 17. The, the Greek word for warfare there is hastiae with military service. That is figuratively apostolic career as one of hardship and danger. Verse 17. The word warfare speaks of military service. Hallelujah. And that military service has to do with an apostolic career. That is fraught with danger and hardship. Listen, you can't make yourself an apostle. Can you imagine what God spoke to Paul? He told him the hard and the difficult things he's going to face. Can you remember that? He said, He shall suffer many things for my name's sake. He told him before he started. So, Apostle Paul knew it was not the devil that was killing him. And it's only my reason that when they stoned him, he couldn't die. Because the Lord told him, You shall suffer many things for my name's sake. Shipwreck inclusive. Hunger inclusive. Fasting severally. Listen, every commission has a thing that has its own package with it. And that is a warfare. Ability to stand in the times of those hard and difficult times. So the word warfare there in the Greek means military service. An apostolic career that is fraught with hardship and difficulties. Hallelujah. Are you there? Now let me show you something. Some of you may not understand. That even the Christian race is a warfare. Turn with me to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 4 is all about the priesthood. Numbers chapter 4 is about the priesthood delivered. Let's look at verse 23 and then verse 35 of the same book. Are we there? From 30 years old and upward until 50 years of age shall thou number them. Now you must understand why Jesus have to wait 30 years before he went into ministry. Is that alright? All that enter in to perform the service on the line perform. To do the work in the tabernacle of the congregation. The word perform, sabor in the Hebrew, actually means an army or a servant. Hallelujah. Are you there? It means to war the warfare by carrying the ark. <laughs> so when he said, war a good warfare, it's not a fight devils, it's a carry the ark. Are you getting this? What was in the ark? The testimony of the Lord. 
That is what it means to perform war the warfare, military service. When he said 30 years and above a soldier can perform the service to war the warfare. So those who are carrying the ark, they were in the military service. And that is the same thing Paul was telling Timothy. Carry the ark. Are you there? Hallelujah. And was telling him, this is the thing that can keep you standing to carry the ark. Remember those prophecies. That no matter how tough and difficult the road may be, those prophecies can keep you standing. Carry the ark. Go along with the testimony. It's not easy. But you are going to get through. <laughs> look, at verse, look at verse 35. From 30 years up, I mean 30 years old and upward, even unto 50 years old, everyone that enters into the service for the work in the tabernacle of the congregation, the word enterate is like be recruited into the army. <laughs> that is why, you know, there was, there was, there was this man that came to Jesus and said, I'll follow you. But allow me to bury my father and my mother. He wants to follow. But Jesus said, no. He that set his hand and look back, is not fit to be a disciple. But the other ones who were not willing, he said, come, follow me. Did you understand what I'm talking about? He, he look, at, look, at, look at Matthew. He was collecting his tax. Uh, task let us say, drop those things and follow me. No excuse. Peter was with him, he said, drop the net, follow me. But this other man says, sir, I will follow you, but volunteers have problem. Because there are things they might be thinking about. Are you getting what I'm talking about? It's not father and mother, it could be wife. It could be children. It could be a house that is not finished. Are you getting what I'm talking about? But military men are men who are into sacrifice. If laid in their life. How many of you understand that a military man in a nation can shoot his own mother if on the other side? They don't care who you are. If the other goes fire, it doesn't matter who is there. Are you there with me? Praise the Lord. So here we are talking about men who enter into the service of the Lord to carry the ark in the military service, which is precisely, like I said in the beginning, an apostolic mandate that has to do with hardship and difficulties. It's not a cheap business to be called into an apostolic office. The warfare. Even you as a believer. Now, but the key thing is this. The word conscience, like we read in 1 Timothy, go back there. What is conscience? It says some have made shipwreck out of their faith because of their conscience. Is that okay? That's the key thing. The word conscience, in the normal English, they say, the part of the mind 
Now test you whether what you are doing is wrong or morally right or wrong. So when we are talking about social conscience, it's a moral sense of how society should be. Hallelujah. Conscience is that part of your mind that tells you what you are doing is either morally right or wrong. That is what conscience means. Let me tell you something. The original man in Genesis chapter number one had no conscience. He was spirit. Maybe I'll speak on that for you so that you can understand what I mean. But when we came to chapter number two, God breaks. Man begins to have a soul. Conscience begins to develop. Intelligent begins to develop. That's intelligent. Reasoning begins to come in. When man breathed into man, man became a living soul. But Genesis chapter 1, man was spirit. And I tell you something. When man began to receive the soul, that was the beginning of the fall of man. Now we are going back to spirits. Is that okay? <laughs> and so, the problem we have now is our conscience. That aspect of our life. That dictates for us as to whether what we are doing is morally right or wrong. Ability to shift or see what you are doing. And Paul said, some because of the dead conscience, they make shipwreck of their faith. But you were a good warfare. So what does that mean? May your conscience stand on what God has told you. Is that all right? Praise the Lord. Now, the Greek word for conscience, sunedoisis, and it means a co-perception that is moral consciousness. Now, when you check from the original root, sunedo, it means to see completely. Meaning to understand or become aware and to be conscious or to be informed or to consider a thing or to know a thing. So now think about it this way. You are a believer. Do you know completely why you are a believer? Hmm? That is what it means to have a good conscience. Do you believe? Why do you believe? Has Christ died or did Christ die for you? Why did he die for you? Do you have a complete understanding of what your faith is all about? Do you have it? Do you know what it means to ship from the world down to Christ? Do you know what it means? <laughs> good conscience. Warfare. Good conscience. Is it to understand or to see completely. Listen, when the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, I mean chapter 12, when the Bible says Christ had to endure the cross because of the glory that was said, he saw the glory. So he could go through anything. 
he could go through even the, the thorns upon his head. Oh, by the way, why was the thorn placed upon his head? So that your mind can be guided. <laughs> so that nothing gets into your mind. And, and Paul will call that the helmet of salvation. Because when the enemy shoots, it's supposed to come here. Now the helmet protects your mind, your thinking. It's the whole problem is the mind. So that's why the tongue was upon his head. It was not just an ordinary crown. They turned how to pierce his mind. Huh? So that your thinking can be right. And Paul said, now you put on the helmet of salvation. Is that okay? Hallelujah. So we're talking about a good conscience, which means the aspect of your mind. How does your mind work? How does it function? How is your mind relating to issues of both of life and that of your faith? How does it relate? Hallelujah. Now Hebrews talks about those who will be able to discern between good and evil. This is the same thing I'm talking about. The mind, the place of the aspect of your mind that can completely see beyond the natural. See beyond. Let me still move on a little bit. I'll show you something else. Now if you look at, if you look at verse number 18, it says that that mightiest war, that word mightiest war, means to serve in the military campaign figuratively to execute the apostolate. Warfare speaks of the apostolic office or the apostolic career. Mightiest war to execute the apostolate to carry the things that the apostolic office entails. Hallelujah. But you know it's a difficult thing. The apostolic with its odious duties and functions. And it means to contend with carnal inclinations. That's what I'm really interested in. Hallelujah. When he said the mightiest war. He said to contend with carnal inclinations. That are fighting against the apostolic commission. How do you separate what you are receiving from the commission given to you? How do you separate what is around you from the call that God has called you? How do you separate the work that you are in now with that which the Lord has destined you to be? Because you were called for a purpose. Can I inclinations? Things that stand against the real reality of who you are. Do you even know who you are? Do you even understand why you are existing? Do you even know why you were brought here? Hallelujah. Those things that are warring against those things, those are the mightiest war. That is the war that God said is your war. He's not talking about you fighting some devil somewhere. <laughs> You might be shooting the arrows in the wrong direction. Your problem is right within you. Amen. Praise the living God. Now, let's see what can happen for your conscience to come alive. 
Hebrews chapter 9. Few things have kept me going, people of God. I tell you the truth. Because remember, Apostle Paul says, we press beyond measure. That we despair of life. <laughs> we, we feel like we should just die. We were pressed beyond measure in executing the apostolic career. Hebrews 9. Look at verse 8. The Holy Ghost, they signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as a first tabernacle were yet standing, which was the figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect appertaining to what? Come on, talk with me. Appertaining to what? The conscience. So there is a place for the perfecting of the conscience. That is a good warfare. Now, what is it saying here? Religion cannot affect your conscience. <laughs> Amen. He said, We stood only in meats and drinks, and diverse washings, I can ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation or putting things right. 11 said, But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and cows, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and arches and of an hyphen sprinkling and unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, look at that, look at that verse number 17, 14 now. How much more? Shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, do what? Purge your conscience for what? Dead works to serve the living God. Can you get this? Now remember what conscience is. That aspect of your mind that enables you to distinguish between right and wrong. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So listen to me. The Bible says, just merely being in the church does not guarantee you having the right conscience. Hallelujah. He said those services that they were offering does not. He said, pertain to the flesh, especially the Old Testament. And of course, we do the same thing. We go to church and we look so good. Amen. And we look beautiful. We look, we look calm. We look quiet. We look very humble. We look like lambs when we are in church. Am I talking now? What is doing that to you? Religion is doing that to you. But your conscience is still dead. You're still making shipwreck of your faith. Only one thing can help your conscience. And that is the blood of Jesus. Listen to me. Don't you ever neglect the effectual working of this blood. In every area of your life. That is the only thing that can penetrate into your conscience to give you a transformation. It's not how many services you attend. It's not how many revival services you attend. It is not how loud the singing was. It's your conscience. 
Hmm? And Paul said, people like Hermenus and Alexander say they have made shipwreck of their faith because their conscience was not purged. They were believers. They were believers. They followed Jesus. They followed they follow the apostles. They followed everybody. They were believers. They followed Apostle Paul. <laughs> but they still make shipwreck of their faith because the blood did not touch their conscience. That's why I came to present to you this morning. Have you received the blood? You look for the blood to kill all devils around, but your conscience is still there. The blood has not touched it. Don't you think the best thing for you is to plead the blood on your conscience? You need the blood, man. Brother? That's the only thing that can help you. You need the blood in your conscience instead of using it to kill devils. And yet you can still make shipwreck of your faith after all the devils have been killed. Your enemies are dead and yet you are not in the same place we are supposed to be. Because your conscience have not been what affected. The Bible says purge. What it means purge? It means to cleanse. It means to remove. It means, come on now, purge your conscience from dead works. Mm. Religion. Huh? Dead works. That is works that have no life in it. Doesn't matter how tall you are in the service. <laughs> it doesn't matter how you preach and people fall and all manner of things are happening. Your conscience. Or else you make shipwreck of your faith. Come on, am I talking to somebody? This is the real war. So sometimes you stand and say, this thing I'm into, am I right? God, help me. <laughs> and David says, search my heart. Say, try my runes. Try them, Lord. Don't let me do it. Try it in the night. Say, try my kidneys. And that's why the kidneys of the sacrifice, let me not go there, but let me say it. The kidneys of the sacrifice were offered to only the priest. Because the kidney stands for the heart. And it's only the priest that can dissect the kidney. Ah, only Christ can cleanse your heart. Have you read that? You now when they slay the lamb, the kidneys that goes to the priest. <laughs> the other things you can eat, the flesh you can cut, like dead work. But the kidneys which stands for the heart goes to the priest. Dead works. It doesn't matter how loud we shout. It doesn't matter where we go. God is not after your so many things. He just needs your heart. He just needs your conscience. He just wants to walk in that thing. Are you there with me? And so the battle is how to stand this apostolic commission to fight between carnal inclinations, the things that are trying to wave you from going on. How many of you have been tempted not to continue as a believer? If you have not, I have. So I'm not as good as you are. Because you have not. I've seen things that make me feel that she mustn't continue. But something came holding me. And that's what I was sharing with you. You know what Apostle Paul said? I finished the course. Or I finished my course. The conscience. Something was holding. God told him. You are going to suffer all of these things. For my name's sake. And Paul said. Oh, oh, oh yes I know. I will suffer but I will still finish. 
he was fighting a good fight of faith. And so Paul was telling Timothy, say, look, just those things, those prophecies, those words that landed on you by the laying on all you. He said, use them to fight a good fight of faith. Because those prophecies did not come by the imaginations of men. They, were, they came by the inspiration of God. God was speaking things into your life. Stand by them. You will end up right. I had my own share of those things. But all the time, God keeps reminding me of one thing. Sometimes you say there are some things you mustn't say. There are some things you see. There is nothing you hide. You just have to be who you are. The best of men that God loves are the men that are playing, knowing that my grace is sufficient for you. It's not your power. I've gone through things that makes me feel I mustn't continue. The last time God spoke to me, reminded me of what he told me in the year 1990 or the 23rd of March. I was in the University of Port Aikot when I was lecturing. Spoke to me at about 2 a.m. My heart was expanding and I feel I'm going to die. I was sweating profusely. And because I was resisting to move into ministry. My heart was literally expanding. And I said, God, is this the way I'm going to die? He said, no. Take Proverbs chapter 9, verse number 11. It has been a key in my life. Say, by me shall your days multiply. By me shall your years be increased. I can tell you something. I'm going to be an old man. <laughs> God said that to me. It doesn't matter what I'm passing through. It doesn't matter what I'm saying. God said it. That is how I fight my battles. God, you said this. 1990. I'm going to be an old man. By me shall your days be multiplied. By me shall your years be increased. Do you know what that means? I'm going to be a rich man. Come on now. <laughs> Are you following what I'm talking about? He said it. And I know this is God's mind for me. So no man born of a human being can take my life except I choose to take it. That's how to fight a good fight of faith. I'm giving you some secrets of how I've survived thus far. I'm giving you some secrets of how people like Paul survive thus far. You too can survive. Hallelujah. In the month of June, on the sixth day of 1988, he woke me up and he said, David... Read Revelation chapter 10 verse 11. And I picked the book and he said, Unto me thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. I'm not surprised. We have started moving to the nations. 1988. How many years now? I won't die. I will finish strong. Because he said it. That is how to fight a good fight of faith. Do you know why you can't stand sometimes? You have not had him talk to you. So all your punches are, oh, one enemy is here, oh, one devil is there. You just catching reptiles and tigers and crocodiles. Oh, these things are good food, man. 
I can prove it by the Bible. Don't you know in the book of Acts? Reptiles came down and God said, kill and eat Peter. They are for food. Yes, brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't kill them. Eat them. You're just wasting your arrows on food, man. Your trouble is not with the reptiles. Your trouble is not with the crocodiles. Your trouble is your conscience. And because you have not heard him talk to you about who you are. Am I talking to somebody this morning? You know, I'm not shouting because I want you to sink in. I want you to go down into your conscience. Can I say this thing? You are free. And you are free indeed. Anything you are doing, find out if it is right. If God doesn't speak to you, don't go about it. But I tell you something, the paracletos, the Holy Spirit is still within and around us. He will guide us. He will lead us. Because it is not in man to direct his steps. Therefore, it is in God to direct our steps. But that means we must walk, then he directs us. Because he who is not moving cannot be directed. Listen and listen again. God said you are his temple. He said, I will dwell in them and I will walk in them. If God begins to walk in you and through you, you become the expression of God to creation. Then your conscience must have been purged. The Lord be with your spirit.